there. Welcome to the first episode of Death by Paper Cuts, the world's greatest and possibly only stencil podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Richards. You can find me on Instagram at in the perimeter. I'm joined today by my lovely wife for this episode for an interview with yours truly. Some of what we cover is why I started this podcast, how I got into stencil art, and how I discovered that Ace Hardware was not a great place to go buy spray can supplies. It was a fun first episode, and having her interview me turned out to be much better than me just doing it solo. My goal is to do a couple of these a month, depending on how long it takes me to put these together, and how many people I can find to come on. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show, please let me know. You can send that, along with any other questions or comments, to deathbypapercutspod at gmail.com. So, alright, that's enough for me. Let's get to the show where you will hear more from me. Thanks for checking it out. Hope you enjoy. Alright, we're here with my wife, Abby, since she is the relationship historian. Thought it'd be good to start off with her interviewing me, kind of how I got into stencils and what other other questions she's come up with. I uh, have not seen these questions, so this will be interesting. Despite your best efforts. Yes, I did try. She kicked me out of the room twice, so it must be very serious and important. So whenever you're ready, just fire away. All right. Well, um, I was reading some uh, podcast interview tips, and the first one was do your research. So I figured I'm pretty good there. Connect with your guest. If I can't connect with you, we might be in trouble. Third was take your time. So we only have so long until we're probably going to pass out now that our kids are finally asleep. So. And you, you started uh, this research how long before the podcast? Seven minutes. Seven minutes. So. All right. Yeah. It's pretty solid. We should yeah. be good. Well, my first question, tell me about yourself. What do listeners <laughs> need to know about Joseph Richards? Wow. It's very uh, open-ended there. You know, anything more specific, maybe? No. I said, what do listeners need to know about Joseph Richards? I mean, you're going to be interviewing other people. Yeah. So you're not going to be talking about yourself the whole time. It's true. It's true. Um, I guess I'd kind of talk about why I wanted to start this in the first place. I just thought it would be a fun project to kind of talk to the people that I've talked with online for for years with usually on like Reddit or Instagram where, you know, we've talked back and forth and commented on each other's work and stuff like that, but never actually sat down and had a conversation. So I just thought it would be really interesting to be able to talk to people and learn their process and kind of how they got into this too, because I feel like it's kind of just a random hobby within the art world to get into. So I know when we lived in Austin, I met a couple of the people, but outside of that, I haven't met anyone in, in real life. I'm doing air quotes that you you can't see right now, but um, I just thought it'd be fun. So I've got a couple people lined up already and they seem excited, so I'm excited. You sound excited. I am. I'm excited. Good. As excited as you can be crammed into the uh, guest room closet. So yeah. I got the, you got the short end of that stick, the location stick in her house, since I'm just 
hanging out yeah. in the living room. Okay, well, I gotta cross the second question off. Why did you want to start this podcast? Since you already answered that. Um, so how did you get into cutting holes in paper? How long ago was that? Maybe, I think it was before we got married, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. So about 10 years. It originally started with, it was during my card collecting phase, which you were very excited about, by the way. Yeah. Um, because I, I knew think, it was going to last. <laughs> to be fair, I still have those cards. So, jokes on uh, jokes on somebody. I was looking at a magazine, and there was a guy that, and I forget his name, but he would make, he would cut up cards and make like, it's not a collage, but. Like a mixed media like, kind of thing? Yeah, kind of. So he would pick like a famous, a famous sports card, like the Michael Jordan rookie card, and he would cut up individual cards and use those pieces to make like his version of the Jordan rookie card. And I saw that, and so I kind of got into doing things like that first, just digitally. Just, like, picking symbols and making pictures out of them. Um, oh, yeah, I, like the Che Guevara. Yeah, I did. It was, yeah, it was all very cliche stuff, but I did. <laughs> I did that. I did, I think I did a fight club made out of uh, Yin Yang's. Yeah, and you did Van Damme made out of fists, right? No, yeah. that was the other. Yeah, there was a so there was a couple like that, and, I, and so I kind of very masculine. Yeah. <laughs> so I got into that, and that was kind of how I got started. And then um, Exit to the Gift Shop came on Netflix, mm-hmm. and probably everyone that has ever cut a stencil has watched that. And so that's how I actually got into stencils, was watching that over and over and over. I was about to say, yeah. And there wasn't a whole lot of information on the internet. There was a website back then, it's called Stencil Revolution. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's it's around still, but it's not it's not the same. I think they, they sold or it's, they sell like pre-made stencils. It's not like the same community of, of artists and people that, that do stencils like, like I do. So there was that, there was a couple guys on YouTube doing, kind of doing tutorials. But for the most part, you really were kind of on your own figuring it out. So I started with just real simple single layer, single layer stencils. I think we did, that was when we lived in Gladewater. So it was a real small town in East Texas. And I did an art show. So I made stuff for that. I was just making stuff for, for friends, for free. Basically, anything anyone wanted me to make, I would make just to just to do it. Just to, to learn more about it. So from there, I kind of moved up to doing... Multi-layer stencils, which is what it sounds like. You have multiple multiple stencils stacked on top of each other, and each each layer is a different color. So it, it kind of gets progressively more technical. Um, that's kind of where I'm at now, and at this point I've kind of moved on to trying to just use my own photographs instead of pulling stuff off the internet. I was, I was pretty careful, I think, about using Creative Commons stuff and then linking. So they have the different licenses. Some of them you can use commercially if they just want attribution. It's basically, you just whenever you post it, you just say, "Here's the reference photo." Post the link, and and you're good to go. So, I did that for a while. I think I did a show in Austin when we lived there, and then took a, a very long break once we had our second child, and 
now I'm getting back into it now that I have a little more free time. So I'm trying to get back into making stencils and painting and then obviously doing doing the podcast. So Yeah. Um, so you may have already really sort of answered this question, but how has it changed for you over the years and what was your process then and now? So I know you said that you kind of had to teach yourself, but you haven't really talked too much about the actual technology or techniques. I try to do more editing on the actual photo now before, uh, before I, so I use Photoshop and there's, a. Um, a lot of people, you can either use cutout or you use posterize. It gets to be, you can just, you can run anything through it and it'll split out the layers, but it's, it's real obvious when you didn't change anything. You just found a photo, dropped it in Photoshop, ran the filter and printed it. I think everyone probably starts that way at the beginning, just cause you're learning how the different layers work. And that's simpler than, than trying to kind of redesign it on your own or, or doing edits uh, on the photo. But that's probably the biggest change. I spend a lot more time editing before I ever print them out. Cutting is really the easy part. It just takes the most time, but it's not. I mean, whoever can sit there and do it can cut it out. But really, I, I spend more time on the design phase. And then the way I spray them is different than I used to. I used to be real solid colors, real distinct breaks in between the layers. Um, at this point, I'm trying to be a little bit softer and kind of kind of miss the colors on so it mm -hmm. blends um, you don't see the real hard lines just kind of involved to where I like that look better there's certain stuff like if it's a simple one or two layer stencil uh, maybe something that you want to be real recognizable those hard lines are are great but I think once you get I mean I try not to ever go above seven layers now so once you get into like five to seven range I think I think the softer you can make those layers the more really like the more realistic I think it looks so yeah it's almost like adding another layer because you can you can make it like shades of that color that you're actually spraying on yeah and I mean there's some guys that really so I have I have all the grays there's probably 10 or 11 gray gray cans on that scale um, but I've met guys that can do all the you know that whole range with three cans you know and they kind of they kind of make the layers that color just by using black and white and then mm -hmm. whatever gray they want to use. So there's, there's definitely levels to this where I haven't spent a long time trying to do that. I mean, they already make the colors, so I just buy them and use them, use them that way. But, and I like the softer. I feel like it, it gives more of a, um, kind of a human touch to it to where you can kind of see, cause your spray is not going to be as consistent throughout. Like if you're just going solid, it's basically solid everywhere. You know, unless, unless you mess up, it looks, you know, it looks almost like you could just print something off for the the simpler ones. Mm-hmm. Or like a machine so, did it, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of like seeing the little imperfections. Just let you know, um, a human did it. And I think really the the spraying is, I mean, I guess depending on what you're going for, is probably the hardest part. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. It seems so nerve wracking. It yeah, it is. I mean, you it's. And it's also because you spend so much time cutting these things out if you get a big elaborate stencil. And I use printer paper, which, you know, if I'm if I'm kind of misting everything on, I can get a handful of sprays out of and it's fine. I just do that because it's easier to cut cut through. Kind of just saves your, your wrist a little bit. Yeah, I think that's the hardest. Because really when you first start, I know for me, I would just use, you kind of got to learn that you do like multiple passes with less paint. And you learn that after 
you just spray a ton of paint on one layer and it bleeds through and it ruins everything. So learning how learning how to do how to control your can is probably the hardest part. And I remember <laughs> and I don't remember where I read it, but I remember so we were still in Gladewater and they had one hardware store and I went to go buy I went to go buy paint. And this was before I knew there was like specialty paint. I just knew I I had read somewhere that people had they made different caps depending on what you want to do with the can. So I went to I think it was like an Ace Hardware and went in there looking for <laughs> for different caps. And he just stared at me. He had like no idea what I was talking about. I was staring at him, not sure why he didn't know what I was talking about. So and now I mean you can just go on and order everything online and there's just so much more information. Like you could get on that stencil subreddit and it'll tell you everything you need to know. I mean, there's tutorials on basically any way you want to do it. So not to sound like the old man, but it's definitely more accessible now than than when I got into it. Yeah. I have a question for you. Okay. Um, if you had a million dollars, would you buy a laser cutter capable of displacing you? <sighs> your hand, I should say. Right. <laughs> your your, your exacting knife. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on this. Like, I actually like cutting them out. It's kind of relaxing because at this point, my entire life is basically digital. And I think it also... Except your family. Yes, my family. <laughs> my family is real. Um, We're I analog. Think, I think even cutting it out just kind of lends that human touch to. And, you know, I say that, but really the only people that notice that are other people that do it. Like, if that makes sense. Well, it's yeah, probably... it's like a like a badge of honor, a little bit. Yeah, so there's part of that. I wonder how much of it is ego, where I can just say, "Oh, yeah, I, I cut it all out by hand." Um, it only took me six months. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I, the... I can only make one painting a year, but well, that's... damn it! So that's the I thing. cut it out. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? Like, I enjoy that process. But it does take me forever. And obviously, I just do this as for fun. But if I was like an actual working artist, I think, I don't know. I, th I think I, I probably would just to just to have enough to, to sell. I mean, I would still. Yeah, go, your creativity, like moving forward. Like, how can you, if you can, if it takes so long. I mean, I guess if you're, <clears throat> you know, sculpting marble or something, you you can only do one for many months too. So I guess there's some artists that it does take a long time for them to do certain things, but yeah, still I feel like it's like you have this idea and you want to like follow through on it. And if it takes longer than, you know, a few months, it's like, man, I would just feel almost feel like I'd already be burned out on it by the time I'm finally done. And maybe you've gotten other ideas in the interim and you can't do anything because you're already started on this thing. And I don't know. I can I can see the arguments for both. I mean, I feel like there could, you could always have one that you're kind of working on, you know, like one that you're cutting on and that's like your baby. But then mm -hmm. it would be still nice to be able to like come up with a, a new idea and just like print it out and spray it and just be able to see, you know, just like keep it moving. Yeah. Like those creative juices flowing. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And that's, that might be where I would lean. Like maybe, like I, I like cutting out the big ones. Those obviously take longer. 
But yeah, I mean, if you could just bang out some smaller ones, like 8.5 by 11s and 11 by 17s, that you could just frame up and and kind of sell those on a regular basis, and then maybe you do a couple big ones a year for, I don't know if you have a show or, or something like that. Well, yeah, and even just the creativity, like the, you know, just kind of, even if you weren't selling them, just being able to, you know, keep just getting, moving. Just, yeah, just getting those reps in, though. I mean, it's hard to to really practice a lot when you're you're doing like two paintings a year, you know? Yeah, like you can't get, like you wouldn't be able to get better yeah. nearly as quickly, I feel like, with the other um, sorts of skills besides the cutting. Yeah, for sure. And I think cutting them helps you learn how to design them better. Because also, so like I, as you know, I went to that makerspace and they had one. And what you, so a lot of people you kind of make edits as you're cutting. Like, oh, well, this is not going to work. I'm just going to cut it this way instead. But you can't do that, obviously, with the laser cutter. It's just going to cut whatever you have. Whether it falls out or not is is too late at that point. So I think you're, you're, you're transferring a big chunk of your cutting to the design phase, I would think. But the benefit is, though, once you have it designed, you can just cut it forever and just have it. And if you have to recut it, it's there. So you don't have to spend two weeks and... 15 hours recutting a layer because I don't know it fell apart or your kid stepped on it or you know a lot of them are so delicate you know you only get so many shots at at using them and so that's that's probably the other benefit is you can use better materials to where you know they're more durable yeah so yeah this is not something that I would get into like knowing that I what I know and like seeing the delicate little flower stencils you know like it's too. Who does these too, flower stencils you speak of? No, it's like a delicate little flower. Like you, you said it. You said it as if I was cutting delicate flower stencils. No, but they yeah. they're delicate little flowers. They yeah. can't they can't hang. And yeah, I would that would just make me so anxious. Yeah, well, I mean, especially with the kids running around now, right? Like they already mess with everything I own. I have to shoo them away from my records and. And stuff like that. So I I uh, definitely need to figure out a better storage system for, for stuff once it's cut. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a big... So that's like the big debate. One of the big debates in like those circles. Oh, um, yeah, I know. That's there's I some, brought it up. Yeah, so there's some people that are like adamantly opposed to ever using them. But there's some like... So like my favorite guy is Logan Hicks. He hand cut for years and now he, he gets all his stuff laser cut. So at a certain point, I don't know. You, you might have to make that decision where... You know, am I am I like an artist, or is my job to cut stencils? So, mm-hmm. and I don't know. What, I don't know what scale you have to be at before you make that decision. But because there's some guys that are pretty successful, that this is how they they make their living. But they're very opposed to any machine cutting. So, it's uh, it's interesting. So, what would you say surprised you about stenciling? What do you wish that you had known at the beginning? Um, maybe some of that you already got into, like. The fact that Ace Hardware wouldn't carry <laughs> custom caps for your your spray paint cans. That's a good question. I don't know that I really have anything because I feel like it's a lot of the stuff you just have to learn by doing. So because it's it's such everything is so visual and so physical that it's hard. It's really even hard to explain kind of the process unless you've done a few like. 
especially when you start. I feel like everyone has a basic understanding of you do like a one layer stencil. They can be like, oh, you can't, you can explain to them about bridges and like you can't just cut an O out because the whole thing's going to fall out. So you can kind of get into the mechanics of it. But I think once you start adding, adding layers, it's really just something you got to suffer through at the beginning. Yeah. Like it would have been nice to have more, maybe not necessarily tutorials because everyone still does it differently, but just examples of, I guess, tutorials, like, like how it, how it works to do to do some of that stuff and that's kind of the cool thing a lot of people are really open about their process for the most part because some of that stuff i mean even if they even if they like literally gave you their stencils that doesn't mean you'll be able to do what they do you know because there's so much that goes into it like especially the the spraying like that's that's kind of the art to it so Mm -hmm. well i remember that you you would have times where you would like cover up a piece of the painting with another color like the way that you order the layers is important too right and i remember there being things like that and and yeah like the we were talking about how difficult the spraying is like getting it exactly lined up and you know not seeing like lines between i know that that's really tough so yeah, I hate that. And that's part of why I switched to, to misting them to you can kind of hide those imperfections if you're off. So that's a good example of like lining the layers up. Like it, it took a while before I figured out you could use, you know, they call them registration marks where you have a shape in the same spot on each layer. Mm-hmm. So when you do your first one, you can just put a piece of tape down in those spots and spray it. And then each layer you line up on that shape and that'll that'll make sure you're good just little stuff like that and then the you know painting too heavy i remember doing i was trying to do a vinyl record for somebody and i cut it was like three or four layers nothing super complicated but i must cut it out four or five times because i just couldn't get the the spraying right i just kept doing it too thick and then when i would it would just peel right off and i don't know that even finished it i may just thrown it away and said to hell with it but just little stuff like that i mean then and then you learn so so not like one specific thing but just just having more of maybe a, a community and maybe you know that was probably there on stencil revolution i just wasn't you know as involved in there as i am on like reddit or with talking to guys on instagram so there was really only a few of them on youtube that was funny for a while because you could see everyone that had watched it because we all for a while there we all did them the same way Cause like that was the guy showing us some tricks and then we all start using these tricks. So, you know, that's funny. Yeah. Even now I can see, even if you see them, like there's so many videos on YouTube now, it's crazy, but you can still see people and tell what kind of what video they found because you can see that it looks, you know, looks like those tutorials, which is cool though. I mean, you got to start, you almost have to copy someone else to learn what you're doing and then, you can kind of figure out your own process. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to start from scratch and reinvent the entire art form. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how you would do that, but yeah, it's there's enough out there now where you can, you can learn it on your own and or, or not have to learn on your own. I mean, instead. So, and I still go back and watch videos and watch people spray and try and pick up little things. So, it's, it's very useful. 
Speaking of watching um, other people, um, who are your... What a creepy segue <laughs> that was. Artistic influences. <laughs> or I'm, I know you mentioned Logan Hicks. Yeah. But like, who are your favorites? Who are your faves? Uh, it's definitely him. Definitely him. And which one? Don't we have something by him? Yeah, I've got a couple of his books. You know, I don't know if I like artistic influences because I don't know a lot about that world. Like generally, I'm not really at the point where I'm I'm like pulling things from different genres of painting or, or art, you know, so. Oh, outside of stencils. Yeah, yeah. I guess I was thinking of stencilers. Oh, okay. But, um, but whatever, you know. I mean, I, I figure most of us started with Banksy. That's kind of like the entry point, him and, and Shepard Fairey. Just from just from that film, and then you kind of, you know, and depending on what you want to do. So their stuff is is simpler, but it's more more message based, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if that's your thing, I mean, you know, a lot of people go down that road. If you start getting into the complicated stuff, yeah, Logan Hicks definitely. There's a duo called uh, Snick S N I K, and they're kind of the same thing. They do super complicated stuff. They and I'm into now is is people that do like these giant walls and I just can't wrap my head around how, how they do those. There's a guy that's like, you know, I don't know him. I've talked to him a couple of times online. Uh, his name's Nils Westergaard and he does these gigantic murals just everywhere. And I just don't, I don't understand how he does it. He's kind of progressed too, where he used to do like physical stencils. You cut out these giant stencils and you put them on the wall and just like, just like you would on a canvas, just scaled up. And then now he's gotten to where he has some system where he can just map it out and he just kind of freehands everything. And it's just crazy to see. He, he just oh, wow. bangs them out. So that's something I would really, you know, him especially, I'd love to talk to him at some point. And just Oh, it's probably a lot like Kelly does with, I mean, anybody that does murals, it's like you kind of set up a grid and then you mm -hmm. fill in the picture into the grid so he would just be doing that over and over again. Yeah. Probably. I, Maybe. I don't, yeah. I mean, so he had a, I've seen some where he grids them and then I've seen some where, I mean, it's just like these buildings are stories tall. So I, mm -hmm. you get in like a scissor lift and he's just up there painting and I don't understand. I don't understand how that works, but you know, a lot of guys do murals and that's real. That's kind of getting interesting to me too. Yes. Murals are very in right now. <laughs> so it's that, I know mean, some guys use projectors where you still kind of print your layers out and then I guess you just have to do it at night and you paint them out that way. And some people still like cut out the stencils and do it that way. So, so that was a, a really long roundabout way of saying there's, yeah, there's definitely people I, I look to, to, to kind of, especially with, with Logan Hicks that I'm kind of moving in that direction to, I really just like his style and the images he uses. I mean, he does his own photography and, and stuff like that. So I think it being more, I don't know if custom is the right word, but that's that's the word I'm going to use. But you know, where everything is yours, it's like a, it's like a one-off. It's your picture. It's your interpretation. Oh, it's completely yeah, original. It's your, so it's your picture. It's your interpretation. It's your your painting. I mean, there's not there's like zero chance that there's another one like it. So that's that's the stuff that kind of attracts me now. Like I can still appreciate stuff that we've all done stencils that a million people have done. So I can still appreciate like the technique and the execution on those, but like doing them, like personally doing those is just not, 
Just not where I'm at anymore. Yeah, it's just not, like, interesting to you. Yeah, yeah. So, tell me, have you had any big fails that you want to talk about? Uh, meaning what? Like, the stuff didn't work out? Whatever. Um. Anything that you feel like it was just, like, a cluster and you, any fun stories or. Okay, okay. I can think of, I yeah, can think I bet of you one. Can. But you get a whole, whole list. I, um, okay. Well, one is uh, not a fail, but just like a okay. funny story. Well, we'll, like, yeah. we'll, I'll be the judge of how, how funny it is, but we'll, uh, yeah. so one I can think of is I got the stencil art prize show. Um, I don't know what year that was. We were still in Austin, but was probably 15, like 16, 15, something like that. Maybe. Anyway, so I do my submission. I get that back and I'm like, awesome. That's going to be cool. Like go, I go to get it like shipped out. I got it framed and it's actually like a real tight um, window to where it had to be shipped off. And I just had it sprayed on a piece of cardboard. Like I didn't actually think it was going to get in. So I hadn't done any prep. And so I get that and I'm like, Oh, I guess, I guess I better get this framed and did all that. And I go to get it shipped and it was, what was it? It was something like three, $400. It was something crazy. Well, you didn't ship no. it out in yeah. time for it to go regular right. mail. Because it would have had to have gone like a week or yeah, two Yeah, because I had to get it framed. So when I got it back... Well... Right? No? Well, that box sat in our living room for a while. I'm just going to edit this part out yeah. to, where I'm, to where I'm writing yeah. the story. But, it's where you yeah. sound really on top Either of Either way, my procrastination um, aside, no, it was, yeah, it was, it was be, a lot of money. So. so to ship it, it was going to cost... To ship it and have it actually get there in time, it was going to cost something like four hundred and something dollars. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, let's you do, didn't it. Say do like, it." And in, in the grand scheme of things, like that was that was a lot of money for us at that time. But in the grand scheme of things, I was like, you know, like we can do it. It's not that we can't. So, like, let's just do it. And I had friends that were like, "You should have done a." collection like you know i don't know if gofundme existed at that time but you know should have done something like that and i was like well we just decided that it wasn't like like you just didn't want to spend the money it didn't matter whether it was our money or somebody yeah. else's money you just didn't think that it was worth it to do it and i was like we need to do it and i went to the post office and paid to have it like boxed up and then you said, you said no, and then, or something. And so then I brought it home and it sat in the box, the sad box. Um, it had been framed, but like, then it just sat for a really long time because it was like, we had paid money to put it in this box. <laughs> and even though we didn't want to spend, I wasn't going to take it out. Even, yeah. though, no. even though we didn't want to spend $400, $500 to send it to Australia, yeah. To get it there in time, it was still so sad. And I was like, let's just take it out of the frame. Like, it's a piece of cardboard. That was the problem. It was the dimensions. It was too big Yeah. to send it fast and cheap. And I was like, let's just take it out. It could just be like a piece of cardboard. Let's just do it. We'll figure it out. And you, and you said no. Yeah. So 
that was actually the story that I, I was figured. thinking of too. It wasn't necessarily that it was so not, funny. Yeah, it was really just not. that it. Now that you've, you've shamed me. It's it was, really not that funny. But <laughs> it was really it was sad. <laughs> but I mean, it was like it was really sad. But there was like there was just so much like emotion around it and kind of like little snafu kind of because you were so we were just so thrilled that you had gotten into the yeah. show and then we were like oh dang like you have to there's like all this prep others you know there's mm -hmm. logistics and we were just like not there with the logistics we were just like you got into the show and i mean mail happens like <laughs> no big deal we weren't thinking about it being because somehow it was too big for the regular post yeah. office. I want to say something like that for it mm -hmm. to go fast. It wasn't, it was too big for the regular post office. It was just like Australia's just like weird like that or something. So it has to go like by courier. And I know there was the, also the option to um, put it like in a tube if it was a canvas and send it that way. And then they, you they could, would do like, it there. Yeah. contract with somebody yeah to like have it stretched onto a frame anyway i feel like this I, ba is... I basically did it wrong in every way possible to make it easy well, to do <laughs> so well this is it's fun reminiscing but i also feel like it's a cautionary tale like you know just in terms of like getting into uh contests like this and like knowing the mm -hmm. rules and like you know, figuring all that stuff out that, like, I think people could, other artists could benefit yeah. from. Well, that's a good way to, to frame it after you've you've shamed me, make it a cautionary tale. <laughs> well, yeah, you. no, it's true, though, because no, I, just I didn't mean, think like, about the size know. or, and this is be, before I started doing, like, woodworking, so I had to get it, somebody else to make me a frame, get a frame and do all that nonsense. And I wish, you know, I wish we'd just done it because that was also the year they did, like, a... It ended up being like a two-year tour of all the artwork that was in the show that year. So, yeah. Well, I wanted to. Put that on record many times in the past few minutes. So. <laughs> no, I'm well, just saying, like, well I thought that it was worth it. I mean, I thought, you know, you got in, you've been working all this, all these years on your, your art. And it's like, we were so thrilled that you got in. You. You know, we paid to get it framed and you did all this work on it, obviously, in the first place. I was like, $400, you know? Yeah. Maybe we just don't pay down debt as fast as we had planned. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's going to make this any difference in our, like, day-to-day -day yeah. life. Well, hopefully. yeah, I know. Now it's just sitting in the corner of my office. So, yeah, it, that was... But, but there was, there was a silver lining okay ish it still got to be we didn't talk about that it still it was still displayed yeah i think they took it down from the website at a certain point once the show started but i but then you sent it to yeah, florida yeah that's true so i sent it to a shop in florida that's what I was, uh, they, they contacted yeah, me on instagram uh did not sell so it came back and now it's in my office but it's also supposed to be so they're putting together a big book the people that have been in there, it's supposed to be in the book. That's supposed to come out early next year, I think. So still, still yeah. cool. Still documented. So I feel like after talking about this painting so much, we should talk about the painting. It's not just like this mystery painting. 
of what the subject was. We just like the painting. It was it was one of our dog's toys. It was like an old teddy bear. Um, it was just laying in the grass, and I, you know, I took a picture of that, and I thought it made a really cool stencil. And I've always thought that was kind of interesting because for the most part, we just buy. I don't remember where we bought that. When I had dogs growing up, we would just go buy them toys at like garage sales. I was going to say that was not a dog toy. Oh, was that it? Was just, oh, was it not? Okay. No, it was just a t- like a toy. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we would buy, what did yeah. I say? Yeah, it was we just would buy like baby, toy. baby toys from garage sales and give them to the dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I just thought that was interesting. Like, you know, we have kids, as you know, and we buy them all this junk and... It's just weird, like, we spend money on things, and we give them to our kids, and like, oh, they're going to love this. This is so important. And then when we get tired of it, we just give it away to somebody. Maybe they sell it at a garage sale, and they give it to their dog. And then it just ends up in somebody's backyard, just chewed to hell. So. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. I really liked the painting. I thought it came out pretty well. It's a couple, couple spots I would have changed if I could do it again, but, you know. Paid all that money to have it framed, so it's like that forever. It's just done. So I'm pretty sure I threw those stencils away at some point too. So yeah, I feel like a lot of stencils got yeah. thrown away when yep. we moved to East Texas. So last okay. question: proudest moments. Um, I have an idea for this one too. I guess so. Getting in to that contest was a big deal. Just because, you know, there's so many people that I follow and respect and, you know, appreciate their work or have been in that show. And just to get in there, it's just kind of a kind of a validation because, you know, we do like little little shows around town and everyone's like, oh, that's cute. And Or they're like, what? Does yeah, that I'm like, mean? I'm like, well, like your fight club stuff. Whenever we yeah, do. My, su- my super original <laughs> fight club stuff. It's just cool for it to like be appreciated because it's and now like when we go to art shows or art walks and kind of makes you appreciate everyone that's there because you kind of realize the work they're putting in even if it's not something you like necessarily you can you can appreciate mm-hmm. the time it takes to do that stuff and then kind of how hard it is to even like go to those things and just sit there <laughs> and be judged <laughs> and special have your have your stuff judged and it's just it's a really weird feeling to you know people just walk by and then not say anything like yeah, especially when you're like deathly ill. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so I did one in the fall. It did an art walk here in town. And I was only there for a couple hours. And then, yeah, I was deathly ill by the end. I left early. But even then, I was in like a good spot and just nothing. Like I didn't expect to sell anything, honestly. But I didn't even have prices on anything. <laughs> I was just kind of hoping people would like stop and talk and like, you know, how do you do this? And I kind of get to share and couple of people did but it's the same thing like they don't really understand the process so well and i always feel like if i talk to an artist and maybe and maybe you can set me straight on this but i always feel like i don't know like when i walk by and some of them i wouldn't even call them artists it's like you know they're just kind of like making no i'm saying like it like a vendor shots fired here on the first episode of the podcast no. no, I mean like a vendor, like they're just like, maybe they make cookies or, or they make whatever. It's like, I feel like I'm wasting their time to like talk to them about their stuff. Or maybe I get their hopes up 
or I just feel like disingenuous if I talk to them and I'm not intending to buy anything or, you know, I might say a little something here or there, but especially if I'm not interested in, you know, I'm really not that interested in their stuff. Yeah. I don't want to talk to them because it's like they're going to get like excited that I'm in, you know, patronizing their booth. And then it's like, okay, bye. Yeah. You know, just, I don't know. Maybe I sound like a, a total dick, but I just, um, I no, don't know. That makes sense. It's, though. It makes I... sense. But when you're saying that you want people to stop, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel almost opposite. Yeah, no, that's fair. I kind of want to have maybe like buttons to hit or like a little tag they put on. It's just like, hey, I want to buy something tonight. Hey, I just want to talk or just <laughs> or just nothing. Like, I want to know what the options are. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you want when to they know, walk up, I want them to like, hit, hit the button and say, I'm just here to talk and make you feel better about sitting out here by yourself. Hit the button that I might want to buy something. You know, mm -hmm. I want to know, or just keep walking. Give me a uh, courtesy glance and just, just keep going. So, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of touchy because it feels so um, important and personal and it's, you know, financially they're, you know, it's a big deal for them. Obviously if they're a working artist or, you know, they're hoping to make, hoping to make some money there. But yeah, it's just kind of, it's just kind of tough. It's like, you know, I want to encourage everybody, you know, it's like, well, you know, but you don't want to, but some people it's almost like they're kind of like shouting at you or something. And it's like, okay, I don't want to, no, I'm not going to stop and almost like a mall kiosk. Yeah. Sometimes people act that way. And so it's so, it's just so different. Like everybody's different. And so it's kind of like, do I want to wade into that? When you see a booth. Well, this is good. Um, let's, let's keep going with this. What other what other things do you hate about the world? People trying to, to better themselves and participate. What other ways can I expose my <laughs> terrible personness? So No, I agree though. It's it's a weird it's a weird situation to be in and I can't imagine like how much more anxious you would be. Like I just do it for fun. If I sell something awesome, if not, whatever. Like if that was you know, you're like depending, like I have to sell five paintings tonight. Mm -hmm. um, well, and to be fair, like I have like expressed interest and then people are like, oh, you're not going to buy anything by like, you know, so it's not just me. Like I'm kind of responding to that whole world and vibe and everything. And everybody's, every artist is different. Every artist or vendor is yeah. different. Um, and every show or, you know, walk, art walk or whatever is, is different. So yeah, it's more just like, I'm not like making a comment on, <laughs> I've been that vendor. I feel like you've made all the comments you need to already. Yeah. I've not, exposed myself. walking this back. No, but I've, I've been that yeah. vendor, you know, I've been that person. And, um, and I have felt that sort of like, oh gosh, they, they seem interested. You know, so it's just, it's an, it's an emotional thing. So you just have to kind of yeah. deal with it. Um, so I had actually a different idea for your proudest moment. Is that the original question? Proudest moment? What? 
that what you'd ask me? Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, that was one, obviously. Mm, I don't know. Like, doing that show in Austin was cool to, like, be a part of that. and The one that yeah. my dad came to. Yeah, to have, like, people there that I kind of followed that got to talk to. And, you know, they come say, oh, just having people that get you respect, say that they like your stuff is always cool. Yeah. It was, like, sponsored. There was, like, free drinks and Yeah, I don't know. Stuff. I guess that was a spray. It wasn't a spray TX event. It was some of the guys that were in there, but it wasn't. I don't remember. I don't remember who put it on, honestly. But that was cool. I wish I'd done more of that while we were, while we were there. But you know, so what's your what's your choice? My choice was when you got to use the photograph from the Boston photographer. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that painting that I'm gonna have for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. So a little backstory. I emailed, I found this picture online of uh, the big three. If you're not a basketball person, it's uh, Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale. It's like the 80s Celtics, their front line. So I find the photo. I'm like, well, this would be cool. I find out who the photographer is, and he was actually uh, one of the team photographers back then. So I just emailed him out of the blue. I'm like, hey, <laughs> I do stencils. I sent him like a example would be cool if I use this photo. Like, are you cool if I use this photo? If I ever sell it, obviously, we'll... I'm like, whatever split you want, we can do that. Just let me know. And he was really cool. And he wrote me back, and he's like, I don't quite understand what you're trying to do with it, but yeah, that's cool. Here's here's the picture. Just don't share it with anybody. That was kind of that. I mean, I, I sent him the picture. I sent him a picture after I painted it. Then I never sold it, so I never really got back with him after that. So, well, and I, I also feel like the, as, as a nerd, the legalities of the photograph mm-hmm. over the, of those sorts of photographs over the years is very interesting too, that you explained to me at the time. What do you mean? Oh, like usage rights? Right. Because there used to be, I guess for most teams or all teams or whatever, a team photographer, mm-hmm. and that photographer retained oh, the that's rights right. to now their the NBA has them. Right? Yeah, right. And so now it's like the team or the NBA or whatever. So people don't own their own that's photos. Right. But back then, they actually like it's his mm-hmm. photo, so he could say yes, you can use it, which I thought was the neatest thing. That you could just talk to a guy and he says, yeah, it's mine and you can use yeah. it, you know, where you can't, you can't do that with the, with modern. Photos. Yeah, that's true. I'd forgot about that part. But yeah. It's, he was super nice and like, he, he had no reason to say yes. Some rando on the internet wanted to use this photo and then to like actually send me the photo, the file and just, tr- and just trust mm-hmm. that I was going to delete it, which I did of course, but yeah, it's weird. And so that's kind of a, a weird gray area in art in general kind of respecting other people's rights with their photos and how much you can change them and it'd be fine. And it's really like the stuff I like that's more kind of realistic. I would just not be comfortable taking someone's photo and and painting it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'd I'd forgotten about that. That was really neat. I was just so excited that he answered me. I'm always always amazed like when I just email people about things that they even answer. Like I read an article, this is not stencil related. I read an article on like ESPN and... I emailed the guy like, hey, I really liked your article. 
kind of in the same boat. You know, I just appreciate you writing about it. And you kind of just send those without any expectation, right? That he's they're either not going to read it or they're going to read it and be like, cool, and then just go on to the next one. You know, after a couple of days, he wrote me back. We had a little back and forth. You know, just always need to get a response on that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, and me as the terrible person in this relationship, I'm the one that's emailing the people saying, you have an error <laughs> in your article. Please, you know, please you're correct. really not that good of a writer. I feel like you should give it up and go do something else with your life. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, just like a factual error. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's a good sleep, one. Sleep I had not thought about that and that was really one of the first like bigger ones i did too so that was also kind of cool yeah that's right though because he had a whole website just full of photos from from the 80s and like i'm an 80s kid so it's it's kind of cool um just to see all those pictures of those those players because i grew up watching those guys so it was really neat well i'm glad that i was able to remind you of some uh highlights (laughs) of your long and illustrious career as a stencil oh, artist. You're the, you're the relationship historian. So Yeah, I didn't even know that you were that I was that or that you were going yeah, to say there's that. no raise or uh, official title to go along with that, but there it is. All the same. No, that's good because I mean you you remember stuff better than I do, especially that far back. I um uh, I had totally forgotten about the him owning those photos. So that was a cool cool little tidbit. Well, I'm a nerd, yeah. so I like I like things um, about the, uh, you know, legalities and <laughs> legalities and grammar errors and articles. That's your thing. Yes. There you go. All right. Any more? Any you more questions? Nope. That was my Think last one. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. That was that was much better than if I had just been talking to myself because I would have forgot a lot of that stuff. So thank you yeah. for taking the time. I will. You're. You're so welcome. I, I did have to take time away from, from, you know, my husband spending time, my family, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad I could Good. do this for you. I will, I will see you in the next room shortly. So thank you to you. Thank you for everyone listening and we'll see you next episode.